This audio production is brought to you by TheBestDayEver.com, David Wolf's premium longevity member site. Hi, everybody. This is Len Foley, and I'm here with David Wolf in a program called Protecting Yourself Against Nuclear Fallout, steps that you can take right now to ward off the damaging effects of radiation poisoning. Dave, you just came back from Korea and flew over Tokyo. Can you share some of the observations that you had en route back here to the United States? Well, first of all, the observations that I had before we even left in Seoul, South Korea, were interesting. On the media there, the amount of information about this tsunami has dramatically decreased on the news, and what they're talking about is the potential meltdown of three reactors at the Fukushima nuclear power plant 160 kilometers north of Tokyo. This is really, really a dangerous situation that has developed there. What appears to have happened is that on, on just after the quake, Reactor 1 blew up, and I'll tell you more about that in a second. But we had to board that flight after spending a day in Seoul, South Korea, hearing all about this nuclear disaster, and then we flew over the northern end of Tokyo. It looks to me, based on the flight maps, that we were flying within 300 kilometers of the Fukushima nuclear power plant. I personally consumed more ginseng on that flight than I could have probably consumed in a month because that's the only anti-radiation thing that I had on me. We looked down when we passed over Tokyo, and it's hard to say. We were flying over at night. It, it looks pretty bad what happened with Tokyo. It's, it's looking like a major disaster, but really probably nothing in comparison to this nuclear disaster that's happening there. Luckily, we were able to make it to Honolulu, and everything was fine. We do have some more insights today as to what's happening in Fukushima. Before we get into that, Dave, can you explain exactly how a nuclear power plant works and, and what happened? Like, how did, how did this happen? How did these explosions occur? And what's the effects for the nuclear power plants and programs that we have in this country? Well, what's, what goes on inside a nuclear power plant is the following. And this is as best as I can remember it, Len, from when I was a kid and I studied this stuff. But I think if you're a nuclear my engineer, you'll, you'll probably agree with me that I'm pretty darn accurate about what I'm saying here. What goes on a nuclear power plant is they take nuclear materials, radioactive plutonium, radioactive uranium, and probably other radioactive substances, including radioactive cesium, and they, they put them into rods. Those rods are lowered into a containment environment, and they, they are triggered. Those rods are, are triggered with neutrons that come down from other rods, and those rods release neutrons, igniting the nuclear material, generating heat, and running steam generators. The containment facility is focused on holding the nuclear reaction in check so it doesn't run away, and that involves several things. Graphite rods were popular from our research we did on Chernobyl, if you recall that, in terms of what was the problem there. They couldn't cool the reaction down with the, with the graphite rods. They were, they were strung up um, due to a test that was going on. Well, similar thing here. There was graphite rods involved. There's also another issue here, when that is the containment water inside the power plant and then the containment water outside the power plant, which cools the reactor off. Well, during the earthquake at Fukushima, what apparently happened is, is the outer containment water cooling mechanism failed due to the earthquake. The backup generators kicked on to pump water in to cool the entire reaction off to keep it from running away. They ran out of gas. The backup generators ran out of fuel, and all of a sudden, reactor, at least reactor one and two, and either three or six started running away, in, 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 leading to, I believe, on March 12th, 
the explosion of reactor number one, and that was videotaped, and you can see that online. That is no question radioactive hydrogen escaping out of that environment, and that's basically what we know now is happening there. Now, going further is that this disaster may not be easily stopped. It's kind of like the Gulf oil spill. It can keep going, and that's something we've got to get into maybe a little bit later, but that's the basic idea, Len. Perhaps we want to get into, you know, what, what does this mean? Did, did all the radioactive debris get jettisoned into the atmosphere, or what, you know, what's that mean for Americans or anybody around the world? This is a global crisis. This is not a crisis just local to Japan, because this radiation, it doesn't go away, and it cannot be absorbed, am I correct, by even the, the winds of the ocean as it passes over towards our direction. Well, okay, let's just talk about the facts as we know them. Right now in the, in the vicinity, I believe it's 70 kilometers surrounding the nuclear power plant. It could be a little less than that in that diameter. They are evacuating everybody out of that area around that nuclear power plant. They're also telling everybody in the, in the region that when you go home at night, you're to take all your clothes off and leave them at the door. Now, that may sound alarming to some of us who've never heard of, you know, what can happen when a nuclear power plant melts down or when a nuclear bomb goes off, but basically what happens is the nuclear material gets into everything. It gets in your clothes, it gets in your shoes, gets into everything, and if you bring those clothes into your house, and you're bringing all that nuclear material even into your house. Now, of course, we can't cover our bodies up completely, so therefore we've got nuclear material on our skin that's going into our house. People are flying out of Tokyo right now. The airports are flying out. There's nuclear debris on their shoes. There's nuclear debris in their clothing of all these people flying out of Tokyo right now. That's the basic danger of just what's happening with the fallout right locally. And, of course, they're being hit by, some people say, 8 to 700 times the amount of radiation that is normal. Um, Let me give you that number again. It's 8 times, that's the conservative guess, to 700 times the amount of radiation that's normal. So that's going to start triggering all kinds of thyroid problems. It's going to trigger off thyroid disease. It's going to trigger off all different kinds of cancers. And it's actually basically burning people. That's what radiation means, is that there's neutron and um, alpha particle and gamma particle and beta particle releases from the nuclear uh, power plant that exploded. And those are those are actually like being hit by fire. It's it, It's very, very damaging to our tissues and can instigate a burn, if not a, an actual cancer. What are some of the proactive actions that we can take right now, first of all, to increase our immunity so if and when something like this does happen to us or if we do feel the, the, the nuclear fallout as it comes across the ocean, what can we do right now? What kind of herbs can we take? What kind of protocols do you recommend in order to protect ourselves as much as possible and our families? Okay, so this is this is a big one. What's happening with this fallout is it looks like it's going to head over the ocean. The jet stream is going to pull it across the ocean, and this nuclear fallout from Fukushima not only hitting the local area of, of Japan and Tokyo, but it's also going to be brought up into the upper atmosphere and already has been brought up into the upper atmosphere and carried across on the jet stream and descend in the mountains of Northern California, Oregon, Washington State, and apparently British Columbia. And that's that's pretty well understood according to the research I've been pulling up online. It's pretty much going to happen. It, it, it looks like um, we're going to have nuclear fallout hit the United States. Okay, what do we do about it? Well, immediately, like right now today, start eating kelp and actually get as much kelp as you possibly can get, which is a seaweed, K-E-L-P. 
Make sure if you have it or you can get your hands on it, get some ginseng. I very strongly recommend ashwagandha, which is an Ayurvedic herb, A-S-H-W-A-G-A-N-D-A, ashwagandha, because it helps the thyroid to cope with stress. And the very first symptom of radioactive debris hitting us is that we start to ingest radioactive iodine, which causes thyroid problems. Also, that heavy oxidation caused by the radioactive fallout and debris will call up all our negative ion resources, our negative electron resources, to neutralize it. Most of those are localized in the thyroid. The thyroid is very electrical in the way that it functions. It's very negatively charged, and therefore it's a defense. That's why the thyroid is called the shield gland in most languages. And when the radiation hits you, it, it will pull all that electricity out of the thyroid. So the ashwagandha is able to help with that. Another one, a big one, is chlorella. Chlorella is the highest chlorophyll-containing plant in the world. It's actually 10% chlorophyll. And to give you a little bit of a, of a, of a metaphor or comparison, there's only about 0.25% chlorophyll in the best wheatgrass juice you've ever had. So it's 40 times higher than wheatgrass in chlorophyll. And that's another thing we want to get into our body as quickly as possible because chlorophyll can in some way neutralize a lot of the toxins that are generated by the nuclear fallout. Then we have zeolites, which can stop neutron reactions. Um, zeolites are a material that comes out of the ground, Z-E-O-L-I-T-E-S. Whenever there's been a volcanic activity that's dumped lava into the ocean, zeolites are formed. There are many different zeolites, zeolite mines around the world. Zeolites have been used ever since the nuclear age started burying and dealing with nuclear debris. All nuclear debris that's ever been put in the earth is contained in a zeolite uh, foam, and that zeolite foam, foam is designed to neutralize any neutron reactions or any radiation, and you can use that in your body. Zeolites have been used for over 800 years in Asia as a detoxification agent, and this is something we want to look at closely. Fulvic acid is another thing that we want to start taking, and again, we want to get these things into our hands as quickly as possible because as the fallout comes down, it can start affecting all kinds of stuff. It can affect all kinds of crops. It can affect our foods. It can affect our seaweed, everything. We can go on about fulvic acid. It's pretty similar to zeolite, though. There's one more thing I want to say very quickly before we get on with that, and that is um, these substances are the best thing we've got. They are not 100% foolproof, and I've got to just point that out. That's how dangerous this nuclear disaster is. We can just put our odds to favor us. We can do the best thing we can, but I don't want to give anybody the impression that this is going to 100% work for everybody because it's too dangerous. There's radioactive cesium. Nobody knows how to detoxify that. That could be in the fallout. There's radioactive polonium. One atom of polonium, according to the people I'm talking to, is enough to cause cancer. I mean, I just want to put that out there. Um, nascent iodine and any kind of iodine, iodorol or Lugol's iodine, is something you should be taking daily, especially if you live in the western United States. If you're in Hawaii, it's undetermined whether nuclear fallout is going to happen here. It could. Um, I'd recommend taking appropriate defense measures. Um, sea salt is another one, Len. The sea salt is very, very helpful in helping us to detoxify toxic halogens. For example, radioactive iodine, bromine, chlorine can all be accelerated in their detoxification mechanism, in the detoxification mechanism of your body, by taking in sea salt. By a factor I was reading last night of over 833%. So that's how important sea salt can be in this radiation defense strategy that we're designing for our diet. Of course, these are all safe for kids. All this stuff is safe for kids. Um, 
We want, as well, on top of the sea salt, reishi mushroom to activate our immune system and to start developing a little bit of a radiation shield from the mushroom world. If you are a medicinal mushroom picker, once that nuclear fallout hits America, if it's bad enough, we don't know how bad it's going to be, but if it's bad enough, it will contaminate all medicinal mushrooms in that vicinity, and you cannot actually pick any more medicinal mushrooms in the Pacific Northwest probably for several years, if not longer, if, in fact, that nuclear fallout is as bad as we think it is. What about products that you've already purchased that you have, say, in your cabinet? Is there a way we can protect the... Because th- th- these things will be very valuable if or when something like this happens in this in this country or any country. How do we protect those things that are in our cabinet? Are they protected, say, in a sealed jar or even in a bag? No, no. Nuclear fallout is, first of all, it's particles. So the, if it lands on your roof, you know, it's better than being in your cupboard. However, it, it's because it's nuclear, what's happening is it's spontaneously breaking down. That's the idea of a half-life, is every period of time, let's say it's a million years, it reduces to half the amount of nuclear material is there. Let's say it's 100 years, it's going to be half the nuclear material that was there. That's what half-life means. The nuclear material then will radiate once it hits you or hits the ground and spontaneously send out gamma radiation, alpha radiation, beta radiation, and neutrons that will burn you and start turning cells cancerous and start changing healthy minerals like iodine into unhealthy minerals like radioactive iodine. I have another question about taking zeolites with other supplements because I know zeolites pulls toxicity out of our body. Can it also inhibit other nutrients from entering in our body, thereby best to take it on an empty stomach by itself? It appears, according to the research, that both zeolites and fulvic acid do not interfere with our ability to absorb other minerals and nutrients, and that's a positive. Um, I can say that more strongly about fulvic acid. Fulvic acid is actually known to have the opposite effect. It will actually accelerate the absorption of nutrients that you're taking. Let's talk about water now, because obviously we need to be able to hydrate our bodies in order to keep our immune system as strong as possible. Do you have any protocols other than spring water, because I imagine even a, a good spring could be contaminated if there's fallout around that area. What can we do to protect our water? And second of all, what can we do to treat the water if something happens to it? That's a big unknown, Len. I really don't know. It's such a big question. The nuclear fallout will descend from the upper atmosphere once it hits the Rocky Mountains, and it will contaminate all waterways even all tap water systems, all the, all the systems that are used to collect and deliver water to the population are reservoir-based for the most part all through the United States, especially the Pacific Northwest. And what's going to happen is, is that radioactive debris is going to fall into those water supplies, and we're going to be probably studying for the next 10 years or 20 years exactly how, how that's affecting the water table in the Pacific Northwest if, in fact, all this nuclear fallout hits it. It looks like it is. It looks like this isn't an alarm story. It looks like this is a, a, a warning, a big warning, that we've got to stop this nuclear power business right away or we can screw things up very, very badly for a very long period of time. And this may put Chernobyl at a distant second in terms of the worst nuclear disaster in history. It's already probably on par with Chernobyl right now. Well, one of the biggest arguments people have who are advocates of nuclear power is that it's a contained pollution rather than a diffused pollution. For instance, when we use coal, you know, we burn coal, that diffuses that pollution all over the atmosphere, whereas they're able to contain nuclear power. The 
you know, the, the fallout. But obviously, as we've seen, if some kind of accident happens in that area, an earthquake, a flood, a fire, then that puts that whole argument in jeopardy, you know, that whole scenario in jeopardy. And my, my question is, do you think this is going to be a wake-up call for the United States? Because I know we, in the past few years, we were pushing more and more bills forward to get more and more nuclear programs in place. What, you're, what is your feeling about this, and what can we do to take some more action to actually stop this? It's not just about if an accident happens, but also it's the surrounding areas of a nuclear power plant. The water is infected, and you've, you've, you've been talking about this for years. Can you give some insight, first of all, what we can do to actually put an end to the nuclear programs in the United States and other countries, and also you know, just how bad it is to have a nuclear power plant in your vicinity, and when I say vicinity, in your country, not even in your state, having it in your country, what it can do to the, you know, to the population as a whole? Well, the number one argument against nuclear power is it's very, very dangerous, as we're all finding out today with the Fukushima nuclear power plant disaster. There's terms that are thrown around like meltdown that nobody wants to say, um, so they will not tell us actually how bad it is, and they're going to probably continue in the West for a while anyway to avoid using the word meltdown, and they're also going to avoid stopping any of the hundred or so proposed nuclear power plants that are being slated to start, I guess, this year. I mean, Obama's about to okay that. So we're, that's going to happen for a while. Then what will happen is there's going to be a change because the, the results and the fallout of this disaster are going to be so great that it's going to create a groundswell, and that's where we all step in, and we have to do whatever we can However, we can do it. Petitions, being in the street, uh, allying with our Japanese friends in order to get nuclear power out of the world forever. Because this is so bad, what's going on with this nuclear power plant in Fukushima, that it, it may not be able to be stopped anytime soon. That's the other thing. People think, oh, it's a nuclear meltdown. It's going to be done. It'll be over in five days. It may be, not be over for years. And so it's going to keep it, it around as a, as a sore, it's going to be like a, a sore that's going to keep festering in our faces unless we do something to stop nuclear power around the world. I really like to put the word out there about nuclear power and what it does and how it works. I believe in Wilhelm Reich's theory about nuclear power that disturbs the orgone energy within eight miles to 15 miles of where the nuclear power plant is. I felt that in San Diego County where there's as many as 16 nuclear submarines in, in San Diego Harbor at any given time, each one of them a nuclear power plant. And you can feel it when you fly into the airport there, which is literally within five kilometers of those subs. You can feel the energy is screwed up in some way. And that's Wilhelm Reich's theory about nuclear radiation, that it creates deadly orgone instead of healthy orgone, which is a, a, a very fine ethereal substrate that supports all life. Do you want to do a, a recap of all the different types of foods and supplements that you recommend that people stock up on immediately in order to have, just so we can have some kind of an arsenal against this, if and when we have another situation like this arise in this country or with the fallouts coming over the, the Pacific Ocean? I'd love to, Len. I do want to say this. This grounding technology that we have been promoting for a number of years now is a very, very good defense against radiation. And it's using the Earth to actually help us electrically push the radiation out of our body and out of our thyroid. That's something that needs to be put into this whole conversation because the more that we can be connected to the Earth, barefoot on the earth, swimming the ocean, um, actually touching the earth, the more likely it is that we're going to be able to shield ourselves from radioactive debris either present in the environment 
or present in our food either way. Um, I gave us a list to, to go over, which is kelp, which is a seaweed. In fact, all seaweeds are good, but kelp has very bioavailable iodine, and that's the reason, main reason why we want to have kelp against radio, radiation and radioactive debris. Ginseng, ginseng modulates our body's ability to remove radioactive debris and is probably the second highest ranking thing for radiation that I know of. There's ashwagandha. We talked about that and that's ability to help our thyroid to deal with the stress of having radioactive debris in the environment. And that's what happens. Our thyroid is affected first by radiation. Chlorella, the massive amounts of chlorophyll are able to squelch some of the toxic debris. Zeolite, fulvic acid, and these are substances that come out of the earth that can help defend us against some of the more toxic radioactive minerals like depleted uranium and polonium and those kinds of things. Then I mentioned iodine. There's three major varieties out there on the market, nascent iodine, deodorol, and Lugol's iodine. You should get your hands on those right away. Um, Rishi mushroom was, was mentioned. It's been known to actually help to deal with radioactive um, fallout, so that's something that's got to be mentioned. Sea salt and also salty misos are also very highly recommended because they help with the detoxification of poor quality halogens like bromine, chlorine, and especially radioactive iodine, accelerating the removal of those things by as much as 833% versus if you took no sea salt. And then uh, there's a whole other list of things that we haven't got into. I'll just run over really quickly. Um, High-dose vitamin C, um, any, any way we can get more magnesium into our body. Selenium, and that can be in the form of Brazil nuts. Coconut products and coconut cream, which are very supportive of the thyroid. I really like coconut cream in this regard. That's kind of the creamed coconut that tastes a little bit like cream cheese. Mega hydrate and crystal energy are two also powerful supplements to help squelch radioactive debris in our environment and in your internal body environment. Well, Dave, this has been a, a phenomenal uh, brief but brief interview. I'm really happy that you share this information because we had this conversation last night when you first landed in Hawaii, and I was furiously scribbling down notes and things that you recommended. And, and luckily, since we've been kind of working together for the last 10 years, a lot of the stuff I already have in my cabinet, and this is, things have already been taking for a good portion of my life now. And I highly encourage everybody to really get on this program because the only solution, it's not going to be some kind of government handout or some kind of mass vaccination with iodine. It's just not going to happen. We basically have to get on our own program, educate ourselves, and know what we need to do just for the sake of our friends, families, neighbors, and people that we know that have no idea what to do. Because most people, when you hear about nuclear fallout, we have no idea. We're not taught anything other than you see a couple you know, basic blanket statements on, on television about get iodine. Well, what does that mean? What kind of iodine do you have? Where do I get it from? Is it safe to eat? Should I put it in my body, on my body? So I really thank you very much for having this, um, for having this interview, and I encourage everybody to really take this seriously, take our health seriously above all, and to really get educated so we can be the beacons of light in our communities to help people when the quote-unquote, you know, what hits the fan we need to know what to do because most people will not know what to do because this information is not taught that liberally. So thank you again, Dave, for being here. Uh, are there any last-minute uh, words you'd like to leave with our listeners? I hope we can all get together and stop nuclear power in the world. And unfortunately, it takes a real disaster like this. It's going to affect everybody in the world in order for us to start having a conversation about stopping this stuff. But this is 
both a very, very negative thing, but it can be a very positive thing if we can all get together and band together and stop nuclear power around the world because there's no escape from it. None of us are safe. We all can use this as an opportunity for us to finally do something really, really good for the world, and that is remove nuclear power and nuclear weapons from this earth so we can start living in a way where we're not in fear or concern about something like this happening in our city. I'm doing as much research as I can, by the way, and I will continue to update my Facebook pages and blogs and Twitter with anything new that I find out on the subject. This program was brought to you by TheBestDayEver.com. Thanks for listening.